Hello and welcome to the Canadian Wargamer Podcast. Yes, it's the Canadian Wargamer podcast featuring two affable and youngish granddads, Mike and James, talking about primarily miniature wargames and the occasional hex and counter excursion from Mike from our unique perspective in the Great White North. And as the strains of La Foy d'Arabla die away, here are your hosts, Mike and James. Hey, James. Hey, Mike. Very, very happy tonight to uh, welcome our guest, Cynthia Jing. Cynthia, nice of you to join us tonight. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're excited that you are uh, our guest for, this is episode 11 of the Canadian Wargamer podcast, so we're coming up on a year. And uh, we have a, um, a tiny audience. I think we've maybe, we're coming, closing in on 4,000 total downloads, so this isn't going to mm. really enhance your fame rocket, Cynthia. That sounds but pretty it, cool. Congratulations. <laughs> our audience is global. Our audience is global. Yeah. We have at least one guy in Spain and, um, yeah. and, and, and Norway or yeah. Sweden and Ireland. Yeah, we do. We have, we have the Irish wargaming markets pretty much sewn up. That's yeah. Sure. yeah. So the, the goal of the Canadian wargamer podcast, uh, Cynthia, and, uh, I want to say hi to uh, James and I are going to say hi to your, uh, your group that's uh, following us on Twitch tonight. That's kind yep. of a first for us. We're totally excited. Uh, the, the goal of this podcast is to just kind of shine a light on the Canadian wargaming scene. And by Canadian wargaming scene, um, we're talking, I mean, James and I, are, our focus comes primarily through miniature wargames, right? Or tabletop gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and James and I have talked in past about how, like we describe ourselves as two youngish granddads. Um, which is, you know, basically what we are, and we're both wearing cardigans, so we're we're not super cool, but and I'm very cool. <laughs> that. We are cool in our own way, <laughs> and you know, tonight we're we're hoping you're gonna you're gonna school us a bit on um, on the the kind of platforms that you and your friends are using for gaming, because that's part of the story that we wanted to tell tonight. But um, I mean, our template primarily is is coming at wargaming through physical, um, you know, physical. Uh, medium right so like you know lead and plastic soldiers models cloth you know the all of that kind of traditional wargaming stuff and what you guys are doing i think is in that tradition but some of it's a little more digital is that would that, would that be a good um, yeah so we totally do the same thing and we have been doing the same thing up right. until the pandemic okay. uh which is where we pivoted um right. you know for obvious reasons yeah, um so one of the things that Uh, I'm sure we can talk about a little more later as well, but uh, we started playing a lot on tabletop simulator. Uh, We were actually using a mod that um, already existed, I believe was developed by someone from Southern Ontario. Um, So a local wargamer as well. Um, But uh, it's been super helpful and it kind of bridged the gap between um, like going from completely, you know, like our normal, which is, the normal for everyone, like every war gamer, I guess, like from tabletop 
to the digital and then we started doing our own thing and then we created more and now we've been experimenting with twitch which is what you guys are on right now as well uh very exciting okay. uh, <laughs> but, well, um, for for those of us that are old yeah what is twitch what is twitch okay um well, I, know, twitch, I, I know it's a social media platform but... yeah yeah i mean basically that's it so um it's a streaming platform mostly um okay. it started pretty much only for gaming like video games um people yeah. like watching other people play video games instead of playing it themselves right. um so yeah. that so that's the main purpose um now there's also people streaming things like music or uh, just talk shows like you can pretty much do whatever but the main focus is live stream um you can also upload videos like youtube but um I guess the audience that's on Twitch are mainly there to watch live events and be there uh, like present with the streamer and they can chat at the same time. They can so, have inputs and things like that. So yeah. could it be like, it, I, like I'm, I'm a little familiar with Discord mm-hmm. and, you know, you can set up a channel and everybody, you know, everybody wants to play the game, yep. just logs into the Discord channel. And then you've, you know, like us, we've got the different, you know, we've all got our picture. Yeah. And we can play the game together. Is that like Twitch? Twitch will do that too. Um, you could you could run like right now. We're actually running a multiplayer game in the background as well while I'm streaming with us overlaid on top, so people can basically watch the game while while, while listening to us. Um, uh, but yeah, like it's more of a more of a broadcast level. I mean, it's called like Twitch TV, so people literally okay. watch it as TV sometimes. Um. It's less for direct interactions with players you're currently playing with, if that makes sense, but more okay. so broadcasting what you're doing to essentially the rest of the world. Um, so, so two yeah. people will be playing on, say, Tabletop Simulator, mm-hmm. but and then they, they would, stream it Essentially, on they would share, like, share their screen. Right. And then everybody, everybody on all the all the people and that follow them on Twitch, exactly, just yeah. tune in and say, yeah. "Hey, uh, Cynthia and and Bob are playing the Seven Years War game. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Oh, yeah. Bob, what's Bob doing there? And he totally <laughs> sucks. And so there's all kinds of chat. Oh, exactly. You can trash talk. You can do all that stuff. You uh, you can even do polls, uh, like what should my next move be, and then have the audience decide for you and things like that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I want to uh, come back to that in a minute, but Cynthia, maybe you could just start by um, introducing yourself. Just say a little bit about yourself, your gaming bio, like who you are and, and, and what you do as a gamer and how you got into the hobby and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, sure, of course. Um, so I got into the hobby in early university uh, when I joined a Flames of War a two-day campaign of Market Garden. Um, That was my first game ever. Uh, I, yep. uh, It was a two-day event. It was pretty intense. Kind of just threw myself in the deep end and went with it. Read the rule book on my, on the train from Toronto to Ottawa, (laughs) like twice, (laughs) uh, and uh, went into it. Um, Didn't get completely wiped. So that was good. Uh, but since then, I've been involved in the community uh, quite a bit. I, you know, after experiencing what wargaming is, is like, I kind of 
grew a really like I became very interested in it especially the gaming aspect I find the game more engaging than um, a lot of of like your normal board games or uh, role playing like RPG games and things like that so um, and after that I actually started a club at University of Toronto um, so I co-founded the school strategy game club which was initially supposed to be this general tabletop strategy game club and it also became more and more folks focused on wargaming uh, mostly by popular demand with a little nudge from the execs um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, yeah and uh, I've been gaming for almost five years now uh, nice. miniature wargaming specifically so yeah. Cool. No, it's uh, nothing compared to most people in the hobby, but I'm still pretty Sorry, proud of it. <laughs> it's you know. impressive. Now, your group, uh, the, the group that I, I think I was introduced, we had a guest, uh, a guy called Evan, uh, I can't remember, what's, James, what's his last Evan name? Evan Switzer. Evan Switzer, yeah. He told us about uh, your group, and I think the, the name he gave us to look into was the Laurentian Tabletop Gaming yep. Group. Yep. Is that a name you still go by or is that? Yep. So, so Laurentian Tabletop Organization, which is what we named ourselves, um, it, so it is different from university clubs. It's not affiliated with a specific university. So That's how the club came about was mostly from alumni that graduated from university clubs from both Univers University of Toronto and in Ottawa um, okay. here, where it's like people want to continue playing like alumni oh, yeah. even though they're out of school they want to continue playing they want to be organized and they also want to have a channel to give back to the university clubs they were part of once before so so this right. is kind of what Laurentian tabletop organization organization is it um it allows uh people to um sort of help and volunteer and also connect back to the university clubs that a lot of these gamers came from um, and organize events between different campuses. So um, the reason why we're called Laurentian is that we mostly operate in Toronto, Ottawa and Montreal. So it's kind of along the Laurentian River, um, St. Lawrence River. So um, yeah. Well, that's cool. Nice. It's quite a, yeah, it's quite a, Eastern Ontario is quite a little hotbed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There are, there, there are a lot of gamers around here. In well, all yeah, I mean, you've got, you've got a, you've, uh, there's a nice store in, there's a nice store in Montreal. There's a couple of nice stores in, in um, Ottawa. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there's Meeple Mart in Toronto. Yep. I've only heard of all these things mythically because I've never been able to travel that far. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's also a, a really vibrant um, gaming scene in Ottawa, isn't there? Is, is that where yeah. you are? Or are you in Toronto? Cynthia? Yeah, I'm in I'm in Ottawa now. I was from Toronto, but um, I moved here during the pandemic, I guess. So right, right. Um, but yes, uh, the Ottawa I don't remember their full name, but the Ottawa Miniature War Game Group is is yeah. very active. Yeah, it's it's a shame. Can Games decided to cancel this year. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you know, it'd be help you connect more with that group. Mm -hmm. the local scene since you just yeah i've there. i've visited them already uh, a couple times now oh, good. um yeah they they're one of the i would say one of the better organized groups around um in terms of organization like they always like i really appreciate the fact that they always have 
a schedule laid out ahead of time and they have their proper signups and everything. And especially important um, during COVID because you want to make sure that you keep track of things in the minimum. So um, yeah, it is too bad about can game. Um, it's also understandable. Things have been so, so fluid and so well, yeah, I mean, ever changing organizing hot lead and, and yeah. just having that whole sort of, okay, uh, let's, you know, we've got to plan for like a couple of different scenarios here and let's, mm-hmm. you know, hope for the best and plan for the worst. And yeah, it sounds like hot lead is happening though. Right. So that's Pardon? great. Sounds like hot lead is happening. Oh yes. It, we are totally happening. Yeah, it's that's, next, that's wonderful. Like, a week from <laughs> Friday, so yeah, we're not counting the days or anything. Yeah, oh, yeah, we're totally counting. The no, days. no, it's only ten days. <laughs> yeah. and then sorry, nine days and uh, twenty-three hours. Perfect. I, I think some of the Ottawa people are coming down to Hodlick. Yes. I, yeah, eight... aren't they doing like an ADLG tournament? Yeah, I was yep. hoping to get into that, but I don't have my army ready yet. But mm-hmm. that's uh, that's a rule system I'm super interested in. Yeah. yeah, I had a I had a demo game by Todd, I think the guy that well the guy that runs the auto club and also I think running the ADLG tournament, but it was my first game of ADLG and I actually really liked it. Yeah, yeah. We're hoping to get him on as a guest. Um so cool. Yeah. So I would that, definitely listen to that. <laughs> one of the uh, going back to the the online stuff cuz you know like I'm I'm so proud of James cuz he's he's totally understands Twitch now, but the last time we talked a month ago, he was like, "Is that like, is that like, um, TikTok or something?" And I was like, like "TikTok, <laughs> you, you young kids with your hippity hop music on your tickety talks." <laughs> I'm gonna shake my fist at you. Yeah, yeah, we've been we've been calling it tickety talk now because <laughs> we listen to your podcast. It's great. <laughs> I'm well. Thank you. I'm for, so proud. Yeah, I'm being an influencer. Yeah, I know, right? There you go. <laughs> so the your move to so uh, your move to um, Twitch was that was that happening before COVID? I'm sorry if you explained this earlier. Oh no, I... uh, it's super recent. It's uh, it's only been around for a few months, I guess. I think yeah. we started early 2022, like in January. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we've been like I mentioned, like we've been active online, but mostly again, like through tabletop simulator. So for Twitch, it was actually more so because we lacked a way of, of promoting the club and attracting new players because during the normal years, um, and we tried, like we kind of had the faith, we had faith in universities reopening, um, right. like they said they would <laughs> in, uh, you know, like last semester. So um, normally our recruitment obviously comes from university clubs and uh, all of that kind of divert, I, I mean, converge into, um, into, I guess, Laurentian and things like that. But um, with the universities, still mostly online last semester uh we really lacked a venue for that so um and also i don't know if you guys know but um young people are not on facebook anymore yeah we've heard i'm yeah i'm having a lot of trouble even finding people my age or just one year younger on facebook so it really yeah we really didn't have an alternative to reach out to people that are outside the club but may be interested because they have been playing board games or they have been playing RPGs. So, um, or playing video games, which obviously is what Twitch is usually used for. Um, so that's why we've been trying to give Twitch 
ago. And so far, I think it's it's been pretty good. Um, we'll, we'll see where it takes us, but we're definitely getting tractions from from outside sources, like people just randomly dropping by because we're playing a game that they like. And we would be talking about wargaming. We'll be talking about our next event and some of them would stick around and ask questions. So yeah, hopefully that a, continues. Cause that's sort of the problem with, um, you know, early on did a little bit of online gaming with, you know, someone had set up a zoom session or a mm -hmm. discord channel. And if you have more than the, you know, three or four people playing the game, like if you get a couple of people log in to just hang out and chat and kibbutz, it just bogs everything down, right? Mm -hmm. You lose the band, you know, like all the bandwidth gets sucked up. So, so you kind of miss out on that club chit chat and, oh, you know, yeah. so I guess that's where, that's where Twitch comes in. Um, right? Hopefully, but also at the end of the day, um, I think, Honestly, I don't think anything can can replace in-person gaming. No. And it's also not our intention to do that at all. Um, but yeah, it, it is, yeah, we are missing a lot of in-person. Like yeah. even chatting chatting in a um, like a chat window live is still not the same. And um, Boy, no matter how smooth like the tabletop simulator engine runs or how fast people's computers are, there is still kind of that lag or disconnect, um, you know, when well, and, and, and the, the, the aesthetic element of, you know, like the analog part of mm -hmm. the hobby, you know, where somebody just painted up, you know, oh, I've, I've got my new platoon of tanks painted and everybody can yeah. look at them and go, Oh, wow. Yeah. I really like how you did the camouflage or, you know, mm -hmm. like you don't get that. No, totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like, with the tabletop simulator, since you mentioned about models um, like painting uh, with the tabletop simulator, like the way that we try to continue to encourage people to paint is that we were actually using pictures of uh, our nice. club members models uh, for like all little sticks in tabletop simulator um, instead of 3D models, just to kind of encourage people to keep 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 in mind what the hobby is about and keep going and hopefully we'll return in person one day and use so, actual models it's so. a little extra step but it's not yeah it's yeah. nice yeah 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 so um yeah so so i guess all to say is that despite uh everything being online one we definitely want to return to person and um, and two we actually have been able to keep the momentum going and keep people engaged that people are returning to person very soon. So we actually have, uh, well, we had one in-person uh, event scheduled or, uh, originally for February, like during the reading week, but that was when we went back into the second phase. I don't even know what phase it is anymore for COVID, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> but we uh, went back to lockdown essentially. So we had to cancel that, but we do have another in-person event coming up uh, in during the May uh long weekend especially since can game is um it was canceled but um yeah we've already started pre-registration we have um almost 20 people already so cool. it's gonna gonna look pretty cool yeah and, you know, and it's like with university students um because you know you're all poor and <laughs> you know living out of bags because you're constantly moving end of every you know school year and stuff like mm -hmm. You know, I, I think of all the baggage I've got with 
with miniature gaming, you know, boxes of figures and boxes of terrain. And it's, it's, it's must be um, challenging for, for, sure. for, for, for university students. For sure. I think that's partly why we prefer smaller scale models for one. Um, so we have agreed as a club to pretty much stick to 15 millimeters. Um, but I know club members also collect six or, or uh, 10. And uh, I think we have a small little project going right now for maybe, maybe three millimeter modern. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I've seen some nice prints for that. Yeah, they're, they're very cute. The tanks are very small. We just got them. So. <laughs> um, they're adorable. But, um, but anyway, so I'll just say totally agree with you. Um, minimizing minimizing the space it takes uh both in terms of models and terrain i think people a lot of times don't like forget that terrain is a big part of the hobby and they and in order for the table to look good you do need them and obviously the higher scale you, it goes the more requirement there is versus what we do is we actually use some cigar box mats most of the time which are already printed and everything you just roll it up and pick it up and get it to go yeah. so uh so yeah like we do have to focus a lot of the time especially to get students engaged and still get students interested is to uh think about accessibility um and and that includes a lot of a lot of that. And I guess another thing is what the club has been doing and I think has been successful is by focusing on a specific system at a time, a specific system. But most importantly, I guess, a specific era, like a time, uh, like a period at a time. So people know what they're going to be using for the next year and what they'll be painting when they'll be collecting. So nice. no one is bogged down by too many miniatures or going many directions and then not being able to get a game in and uh, et cetera, et cetera, you know? So, yeah. um, so yeah. by being focused, I think that would also, um, I mean, also uh, lowers the cost of the hobby because that's, that's what drives the cost up as we all know, uh, collecting. But yeah, if, you're, um, if you're a student and you can just think about, okay, I'm just going to build my little force and it will join exactly. with someone else's little force. And then we will play a game with. Yeah. You know, yeah, totally. Else. And um, so I guess what's another good thing about working with university clubs and why we encourage that is um, the clubs a lot of time can get fundings from universities. Yes. Yes. So uh, most of the clubs we work with, um, have some kind of a club collection. Um, so enough to usually like we encourage them to get both sides, but at least one side of an army for a period. So if someone is able to bring in the other side, like they can immediately play. Oh, um, right. Yeah. So like that also helps, or, you know, like collecting the things that are a little more versatile or things that are not, um, you know, that can like supplement other armies, like collecting the minor nations and things like that. Like that could also yeah. help. Or yeah, if you're doing World War II, the, if the club built, if the club has the Germans, mm -hmm. then everybody else can do everyone else. Yeah. Or, or Napoleonic Wars, the club does the French. Yeah, so yeah. Always yeah, exactly. need the French, right? Yep. But really, everybody shows up with king tigers. That's <laughs> In yeah. Napoleonics? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Why didn't Napoleon win? They're part of the Imperial Guard, the King Tigers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, 
I, yeah, I'm not that I, far yet in Hathorntwaite. You you guys are so smart to do that, Cynthia, because I, the the gaming group that I belong to, it's not really a club. It's just a bunch of old guys with squirrels where their brain should be. Um, <laughs> they're, they're all over the map, right? So two weeks ago, I was, uh, or a month ago, they were all like, oh, we want to play Ancients. We want to use this system called Clash of Spears. So I finished this Germanic Warband because, you know, I wanted to have a foot in the in the game. But I get there and, and they're all they're all like, oh, we all want to play samurai games. We've got this great game called Test of Honor. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't know. Not interested in the samurais. <laughs> German guys. Oh, it's so frustrating. Now, you guys just finished. Uh, have you finished that big um, 18th yeah. century campaign? Uh, yeah. Seven years for yep. Um, seven years for yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's basically finished. Interesting enough, interesting timing when we're doing this. But we basically had our last round and our last battle. Um, yeah. The official result is yet to be announced, uh, but I think everyone kind of knows who has won and things like that. So um, I can definitely talk about it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we ran, this would be actually the second year we, we've done the uh, seven years war campaign. The first time we did it again oh, cool. was like at the very beginning of, of COVID, uh, we moved on to Tabletop Simulator uh, and um, we actually designed the mod, like the module that we're using on Tabletop Simulator. So we used that to run the campaign. So uh, we used uh, Sam Mustafa's uh, Mind Reason um, system for, for the tabletop level of gaming. And we used uh, Soldier Kings for the grand strategy scale uh, map, I guess, army movement. Um, so this would be the second time, the second year that we ran this. And uh, yeah. Um, we had four major nations. Uh, we put people in teams within those four nations. And uh, we had like a team leader for each one where they did most of the nego negotiations and battle assignments. But we had the individual team members fight out each battles. And uh, yeah, we had uh, basically played through the entire thing. Uh, it technically ended in uh, 1760, I want to say, a little mm -hmm. earlier. Um, but um but yeah people have been playing very aggressively so so the results are pretty clear already <laughs> no mincing around just no. go right in yeah no no for sure i would say yeah like students especially especially students but yeah younger gamers in general uh, i find tend to be a lot more aggressive uh myself included um yeah people just want to have a good time and and play well, hard yeah yeah i mean i i hate when i'm I've been in convention games where, you know, you've got three hours to play and some guy is like, just, he's just dancing around. It's like, would you just like attack already? Yeah. Like, God, we're dying. And and he's like being all cautious. Like, you don't need to save your division. Who cares? Yeah. They're <laughs> you know, just lab figures. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we also try to pick game systems that uh, that encourages more aggressive plays because we don't want games that take more than three hours because students don't have that time. <laughs> um, yeah. Like one of our favorite game that we use as like a demo game to onboard really really new students are um, Blucher Blucher I think yes Blucher but yeah. yeah but that game's like one hour one hour and a half 
even um so but yeah no totally um it's uh it it's uh it's way more fun when when people just try to do things and maybe it fails but at least they try <laughs> yeah yeah I think you made a great decision to, um, I was really interested in that this came out when I, your conversation with Sam Mustafa. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think he really has a, a good understanding of, of what makes um, an historical game playable and interesting as opposed to just complex. And I think he talked about that with you guys, didn't he? Yep. Yep. The, I really, I really like his uh, definition of complexity, which is not complication. I think that's what he said. Um, yeah. 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 Complexity is when you, when it encourages different decision making and basically replayability, but um, but it doesn't mean that it's complicated. As in, doesn't mean that it takes a long time or that the rule is very difficult to understand, etc. So, yeah, you're not, you're not getting bogged down in the in the technical grit. Mm -hmm, for sure. So many. Yeah, I think that might. Worried about. Yeah, I think that might also be a thing with. Um, people that are used to playing video games because a lot of the time video games do those things for you mm -hmm. um like you would click a button you would send some troops over to meet another one and the computer would spit out the result right. in an instance um it would do all the dice rolling and all that and most video games allow you to actually look at the dice or you know the probability curve or whatever it is but um but that is only if you want to, but most of the time the game plays is very aggressive and very fast. So when, when it's on the tabletop, I think um, if people are used to playing at that at that speed, um, it's it's uh, important to kind of keep that going, I guess, as well on the tabletop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the fact that you've been able to play two Seven Years War campaigns in two years, that's really impressive because- It is. Most <laughs> of us start a campaign and never finish it. Oh, it's- <laughs> One of the reasons why so many war gamers, um, in my experience, you know, they'll shy away from them either because people just get so stupidly unpleasant when when there are you know actually stakes, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and um, or or they just you know the, the whole thing just collapses, right? Because people aren't equally committed to it. Yeah. So, so what's your secret for for actually running two of these? I think. At the end of the day, it's just one, I guess. Okay, so obviously on organization level, we try to be as organized as possible. And that means having a very, uh, like having an onboarding process, having a sign-up process, uh, detailing what the campaign is about, making sure people finish their battles on time. And if, they not, if they're not, we have someone else that can, that can, um, step in for them and things like that like there's always like a backup a, a group of older uh backup gamers that are just around the club that can always step in if for example like a student cannot make it because they have a midterm um I so could delay your battle yeah yes exactly um so having that kind of organization helps um and yeah like making sure people are committed um, at the end of the day, I think because the hobby is a little smaller and people are worried about driving away players, I find that a lot of a lot of the time people are almost afraid to ask for commitment, and that could be um, monetary, like it could be 
you know, you have to pay a fee to enter this tournament, or it could be a lot of the time within the club with students, what we do is um, you need to paint these models for the club because they're club models. But a lot of time we have to ask them to show some kind of investment into the hobby before we allow them to take a bigger part in, in these campaigns. Um, so if you're a completely new gamer, it doesn't mean that you can't, you can't play, like you can still play as part of a team and you can, um, you can play as many or as few games as you want. Um, but in order to play as, for example, a team leader, which obviously you get more decision-making and you get to, you know, make, uh, like treaties with other with other with other teams and things like that. Um, we 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 pick those people to represent the teams, and we require them to have some kind of a investment already in the hobby and have showed that they are there uh, and they can can be there um, to finish it. So yeah, no, that's really that's really uh, clever. Um, one of the things that James and I have talked about with some of our other guests is. Um, you know how you recruit people into you know the historical gaming community, right? And you know you're <laughs> you're the youngest guest we've had on the show. Um, and you know what? And we've talked in the past about you know it's like it's 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 kind of it's an argument I'm I'm a, a little bit tired of, right? It's like where are the younger players? You know you you put on that really old voice, right? But I I mean there here you are you you and your your uh, your peers have, have yeah we're definitely around yeah. <laughs> playing playing seven years war and napoleonic wars which are two yeah. pretty hardcore yeah we actually purple periods like that's usually old fart stuff yeah i right? guess so <laughs> and you, you 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 youngsters with your tickety talks oh, you know. oh you're so uncool yeah <laughs> Cynthia, where are your where are your younger players, your newer players coming from? Are they coming out of the the Games Workshop Warhammer kind of world, or are they just um, are they coming no. out of RPGs? Or uh, so definitely not Games Workshop Warhammer crowd. Um, huh. A lot of time, actually, don't know what Warhammer is. Or we actually had um, someone who is not even that young. <laughs> he might hear this, but. Um, uh, he's on the older end of our club, but even he was, so he 30? thought that he, uh, I don't know. He might even be in his early thirties. I really don't want to, Not so old. but, oh <laughs> but, um, but My even children he are that old. thought that Warhammer was only, it's a collectible. He didn't think oh. it was a game Oh. because okay. I think, um, oh. at the end of the day, younger people i mean some of them have played warhammer at some point so we definitely have people in the club um that has played warhammer but it's not i wouldn't say that's the norm and also a lot of the time they kind of stopped after they got a little older like a lot of the time like especially if they grew up in toronto and they're in a nice neighborhood where there is a games workshop around maybe their parents have dropped them off there a couple times they went to one of their camps um, but once they're a little older, I think a lot of them went to video games. Um, okay. So I would say that is where our major, hmm. um, like where we get most of our, most of our people are from video games. And right. there are actually a lot of really great and historically accurate, uh, most of the time grand strategy scale. So higher than, um, on the tabletop mm -hmm. normally, but, um, but there are a lot of games like that out there and people get really into them. People have thousands of hours on these games. Yeah. Um, 
and, and then they just they they get more interested in history and then they get sucked into oh i can start painting figures for this um, yeah pretty, playing tactical games yeah. yeah pretty much um they cool. yeah like a lot of times they do become very interested in particular periods of history if not history as a whole um and i think what then historical like miniature wargaming offers like what our club would offer or what this hobby offers is the in-person interactions that they wouldn't be able to get from online gaming. Right. So I think we, I was talking to um, some of the people from the London um, Wargaming group. I think they kind of have a little Zoom call once in a while. So I just yeah. The, yeah. the Hamilton Road. Uh, oh yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah, John um, Goldsworthy. Yep. So uh, I dropped in on one of their calls because it was, you know, open to public um but <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah so i kind of mentioned about like video games and they thought and they were talking about how um maybe as a hobby what we need to do is to make the game to make the game more accessible is to do these things that the video game does like uh you know making it simpler or making it um more pleasing to the eyes and things like that. But to me, and from what my experience has been working with younger people, is that at the end of the day, uh, you can never di compete directly with video games. Um, no. So I think it's more important to set the um, tabletop gaming apart from right. what's already there, to yeah. highlight the things that you wouldn't be able to get from a video game, like the in-person interactions and being able to finish campaigns in a multiplayer game. Because um, with computer, because it's so easy to play, it also means that it's even easier for people to stop. Um, like the problems that you might have seen with in-person games where people don't finish a campaign, that's gonna be even um, more common online. Mm -hmm. um, because no one's going to stop them from literally disappearing offline for a few hours. And because things are so fast paced and you have new games coming up and all these things, um, like there, it's very hard to finish a multiplayer long-term game online versus in person. You can set out like a weekend, which is what we do, uh, where you game on the tabletop for like, 48 hours and it's like a marathon <laughs> level but no. um but I'm very thinking it, about it yeah <laughs> but um but that offers something that younger players these days don't get and maybe with the pandemic it becomes even more important and I'm definitely seeing that as well both in me and my friends where you've been stuck at home for so long you're doing school especially students for the last two years they've been doing online classes uh, if you're yeah. working a lot of time you're working from home so you're already on the computer in your room by yourself all the time yeah. so any opportunity to be able to get out and have a good time is uh it's gonna it's gonna be very attractive so um, I think that's what what we've been trying to push is to is to show people like what the hobby is able to offer and how it's different from from their video games, basically. Yeah, yeah. And your group goes back and forth between the two. Like I, I noticed before, just um, before you came on and joined us, Cynthia, your um, your uh, Twitch stream was doing um, Hearts of Iron. Yep. <laughs> and Hearts of Iron. Um, I mean, I, I played an early version of it when it was, you know, just like a standalone computer game. Um, 
it's a it's a super it, it appears to me to be a super complex uh simulation with um you know some of the things that you find in like sid meyer's civilization it's got technology trees and yep. stuff like that and it's it's got you know it's it has the elements of building and combat um what what so you guys are obviously finding um you're interested in both aspects of the hobby right you're interested in these highly complex digital games Mm -hmm. online games so what's what's different for you maybe you could explain to some of our listeners who have never played some of these online games like hearts of iron what do those games offer that tabletop gaming doesn't offer oh uh like the other way around so um so i will clarify that i personally am not the biggest video game gamer um, okay. So I've only been playing because the club has been like a lot of people, other people okay. in the club has been and also the pandemic. So, um, right. um, but what it does offer, um, I guess, I, honestly, yeah, like to me, it's just so different. It's two different things. Yeah. Um, it does have a lot more, obviously, because it, it is digital and like it does have more complexity because of that right um like you mentioned there's you know decision trees and there's uh the technology trees and obviously you can speed through like long periods of time and um but yeah honestly it's yeah it's just really different so i wouldn't necessarily compare them like obviously we're doing both so it's not like one is replacing the other right yeah is it is it that a game like hearts of iron or, or i guess like some of the total war series uh, total war napoleon or whatever which i've, I've never looked at but uh, you know you see the screenshot screenshots online um is that more like a high level kind of thing where you've got more like a strategic kind of stake in the game you're you're running a whole country as opposed to running a a, a division of troops on a tabletop battlefield um it could be so depending on what it is right like um hearts of iron 4 is it's pretty high scale running like the entire entire country versus if it's total wars i think it's it's a little smaller like it's more similar to to the tabletop um yeah i would say like something like a lot of the video games actually i would compare it more to board games right right and then miniature war games yeah. So yeah, like they're more likely to be on the grand strategies uh, level. And see, and, and to me, Mike, this is where this is where computer games beat out your board games. Mike and I have this uh, total argument about he likes his hex and counter games. Mm, yeah. I'm, so I'm not yeah. a fan because the thought of like going through you know all these charts and die rolls and everything to figure out what's going on just I my my eyes bleed. Right. Yeah, that might be a good point because uh, yeah, like I'm not seeing video games replacing miniature war games, but I could right. see it. I mean, a lot of the time, like board games are getting digitalized, or a lot of video games are actually essentially uh, like there are video game developers that would. I don't know if they buy the license of the board game or like how the deal is made, yeah. but they essentially make a game that's based off yeah. an existing board game. So that's definitely a thing. But certainly yeah. like, yeah, for like for the economic aspects of World War II, which mm-hmm. I've just started getting, you know, educating myself on. 
um, can be, you know, like that to me, I'd rather have the computer take care of that than have to roll dice on a chart to, yeah. you know, flip over a cardboard counter and go, oh, look, I've got a tiger tank. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess one thing that video games have that that might be lacking in a lot of these tabletop games, including miniature, is uh, is uh, updates. Now yeah. that I've thought about it. Uh, you get a lot more like new mods, like new updates, new additions. It's very easy to kind of add in little things and change things or change yeah. the balance. Like if, if you know, right. it's not a balanced game, it's very, very easy to fix that and very quickly uh, versus with, uh, you know, any, any tabletop game. So not just miniatures, like you have to wait for a next edition that might never come. And you know, like it's also way more expensive. Yeah, buy the forty dollar rule book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Buy yeah. the next forty dollar rule book. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and I guess too, when we talk about video games, like we're there's there's we're we're talking about like I think you said strategic games. So when I was in high school, you know, uh, there was a board game by Avalon Hill called Third Reich, which was like Hearts of Iron. It only it was just cardboard, right? It was you had the th all the different Allied countries, and you built panzer divisions and you declared war on france or whatever and it was the um whereas you know when i was in the army the the young guys that i i knew when when i would talk video games with them they would be talking about shooter games right mm. call of duty and stuff and that's a whole different animal i guess yeah that's true um yeah that's uh it's totally different and people definitely still play it but i guess i think what has happened in more recent years is that um strategy games in general so games that take a are very complex that makes makes you think makes you make decisions right. um have become a lot more popular and that's also board games as well and video games mm -hmm. but and, and it maybe is a little unexpected maybe people still don't expect it but a lot of young people are very used to getting deep into a rule set or getting deep into a system. Like with a video game, there might not be a book of rules, but there are a lot of mechanics like Hearts of Iron 4, which I still don't really know how to play um, because there are so many tabs and so many things you can do. And, um, and the interactions between different countries, it's going to create even more, more options and conflicts and things like that. And people get really, really into them. Um, but yeah, like people definitely have, like younger people definitely have the, um, ability to 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 sit down and really learn a system so um mm. so yeah like I'll to say I guess like even with miniatures like it's okay to throw like hard systems at them as long as it's actually engaging and I guess this is when like what Sam also has mentioned like complexity versus if it's complicated like complexity is great complicated is not um, because right. complicated is when you have to look at a lot of charts and look at a lot of rules. And um, as yeah. long as the experience, I guess, is streamlined. As right. in, and I, maybe that is where like video games um, plays in the role where it's gotten people used to having these information at their fingertips. Like maybe it is a very complicated, I mean, complex game, I guess, since we're using the right terminologies here. Maybe it's a very complex game, but um, you can easily look up what a term is or um, the computer is going to prompt you for different things. Like, if some, like you don't have to keep all these informations in mind and you definitely don't have to be looking like flipping through pages to look for, for, for a stat because it would just be shown on the screen. So um, 
where when we pick uh, war games that would attract young people, we try to pick ones where, where for example, there's a very, very accessible uh, quick reference sheet or there aren't too many stats. And maybe that's why musket era is more popular, um, even though, yeah. yeah, like even though it might, it might not seem so or you might not expect that, I guess. Um, but because uh, musket era is very simple, like a rifle is what like a rifle does. Every, like yeah, infantry every, is an infantry, a cavalry is a cavalry, and that's everybody's pretty much it. Yeah, a technology gun is, is the same. Exactly. The complexity um, is in how there is and how each country is using it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the and the countries are yeah, there are like small special rules, but you don't have to learn a billion unit uh, unit types. Unlike yeah, um, like even for example, like even though I started with Flames of War, um, I'm not that confident with the game because it has way more stats than like with the musket game like you have to know these tanks and um for me who is not deeply into tanks is actually quite difficult um because there there's more complications like there's more to the game in terms of the gaming yeah. experience but there might be even less in terms of complexity in terms of like what decisions you can make and what interactions there could be or how replayable is the game like if you play it 10 times is it going to be a totally different outcome because of how the game itself works and the decisions you make so um uh -huh. yeah <laughs> i'm not interested in a game system that that you know can say okay this shell can penetrate so many millimeters of armor at three thousand yards I, I would just run screaming if um, if that was the level of complexity in the rules, which is why I think, you know, going back to Sam Mustafa's games, uh, and I haven't played, I'd love to play his World War II game, Rommel. I've, I've never oh, tried that. I haven't tried it either, but no. yeah. Stuff but I mean, I think he totally, he totally gets, like we've said earlier, the difference between complexity and playability. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just trying to think of, we've covered a lot of stuff that I wanted to go over. Oh, I know. I, I just wanted to ask again: some of your your newer players that are coming out of um, computer gaming, are they coming out of games like uh, World of Warships or World of Tanks? We were talking about tanks earlier. Um, some of them are. Yep. Um, so I guess that would be almost like skirmish level. Um, yeah. Right. Um, some of them are. I think a lot of them play a variety of them. So I I don't know exactly. You know. Yeah. which one's their favorite or how many of them are coming from either so some of them do definitely uh like their vehicles whether it be boats yeah. or tanks more uh than others um i guess an interesting point is that so the university of toronto club that um i also was heading for a few years um it's associated with the engineering department um so so we do get a lot more engineering students from that club. Uh, and maybe because of that, uh, we have people that are that are into those sort of things. So. <laughs> yeah, James, James and I are both arts majors and it would be interesting to talk about the first gamers from engineering backgrounds and arts backgrounds. We so. actually have a lot of engineers and part of, part of it is from the University of Toronto Club, but um, I think it, it's just like wargaming, like even if we're not talking about weapons, um, the decision making a lot of the time is similar and very relatable to engineering work. So um, I'm also an engineer by trade, um, but um, like the work, I actually, honestly, one of the things that I found through gaming is that it really helped me career wise. 
And that is also something that we try to promote through the club and we try to highlight for students. Um, Because at the end of the day, like when you're a student, you are thinking about those things. And yeah, maybe you love playing games, but there has to be a little something extra (laughs) for you to stick around and maybe even, um, you know, yeah like you have to you have to pick and choose a little bit and you might have to give up a little bit of schoolwork or at least attention to schoolwork for these extracurricular things so so you're always looking for um that extra boost in terms of career um but all to say um yeah like playing war games it gets you thinking about probability it gets you think about risk decisions um and all these things are very relevant professional skills, whether if you are working in engineering or not. Um, and another thing I guess I've found through wargaming is that it helps with um, helps with conflict resolution, like in terms of with other people, because you yeah. do have to you, you do have to fight uh, fight with your opponent, I guess figuratively. Um, or with a teammate and you have to be able to approach those conflicts in a calm but assertive uh, way. And, and yeah, it's a, it's a great uh, uh, skills to learn and very, very important um, for students too. So anyways, I might have diverged a little, but. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. 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 gaming in life is, uh, it's taught me some useful lessons. Yeah. yeah. And I think too that the, the 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 relationships you build and the the communities you form, um, like you were talking earlier about your seven years work campaign and how you know you're part of a team and you've got a team leader. I mean, as somebody who's coming out of world of of worships, where which those kind of games that are notorious just for killing newbies, right? I think that that could be a totally the kind of gaming you guys do could be a totally um, refreshing contrast for somebody like that. I guess yeah. so. <laughs> I never thought about it that way, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we have a great support system that yeah. supports newbies. So, yeah. <laughs> so just wrapping up, I mean, if uh, you talked earlier about um, social media and how nobody's on Facebook anymore, but if if we had a listener who's maybe you know was going to university or or was had a kid who was going to university soon and they wanted to connect with you guys, how would they find out about you? Um, I would like for students, we always point them to their university clubs. So um, there are a lot of, I would say pretty much every university has some kind of tabletop gaming club. It might not be war game specific, but um, war games at least have been, and RPG has been super popular. Um, it's kind of cool to be a nerd these days. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, so um, so all universities have those. Uh, we work with some, obviously not all of them. Um, if they're really into wargaming and is and if they don't have a club already at the universities that support that, um, obviously we are Laurentian tabletop organization. We are on Facebook. We're not super active on Facebook anymore, mostly because of our audience are not either. Um, but still it's there, um, send us a message. We're also very open to helping other people. And even if they're not in Canada um, to uh, like students to help them build up a little community within their school. 
within the right. university if they don't already exist. Like for example, mm -hmm. we worked with someone from the University of Cincinnati last year from the US um, that I believe now runs miniature war games at their club and they started playing uh, through tabletop simulator with us uh, during our last seven years war campaign. Uh, so things like that, but all to say, yeah, um, like we don't, we don't want to, not that we don't want to directly interact with students. We just think it's better for the community uh, that we're trying to build to have them um, hang out with, you know, like the people at their university first and then um, things right. like that. But yeah, again, we're, we're always around. We're always happy. But they, but they know you're, they know you're there for when they graduate and have to leave their university. Club. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. So, so that is, that is what our club is. Uh, I guess what our goal was and what what and how it came about so yeah because you, you, you i know i hear you know i sometimes hear about a person like they you know they're they're active they're involved they're they're playing with people and then for some reason that group fragmented and mm -hmm. they just kind of you know they didn't have any to play with and they disappeared and they drifted away from the hobby mm -hmm. yeah it's kind oh, of yeah. sad oh you know? for sure um yeah i guess luckily i mean hopefully with with uh Things are looking okay, so I don't want to jinx anything, but things are maybe returning to normal. Um, so there are lots of, <laughs> yeah, uh, but things are, uh, but anyways, I was going to say, oh yeah, that um, there are a lot of local clubs um, in a lot of cities as well. So, um, yeah. and yeah, like you said, we're always here and we're happy to, to engage with people. Um, our way of running things, and we know it, um, can be a little intense, um, because it does require commitment. Um, so we do also uh, recommend people to other, uh, like their local clubs sometimes, if, uh, for example, what they're looking for more so is like a one-off game on a Wednesday night, hang out with their friends. Um, be, like we understand like what we do, which is, you know, like a very intense one year cycle where you prepare like your own army and then you participate in at least one, if not two, like weekend long events is not for everyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a really attractive ideal. I mean, I think, you know, probably <laughs> when you, when you've got kids and you've got a, a, you know, career life that's unfolding, you're, you're, you may think, oh, I wish I could. I remember my student days when I could spend a whole weekend gaming. Yeah, yeah right. And, <laughs> yeah, and you guys are on. You guys are on Twitch. Uh, uh, Absolutist Queen. Yeah, that's that's my channel name. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The, I love that name. Is that so? As opposed to an, an absolute monarch, you're the. Are you the yeah, absolute? Queen? <laughs> yeah. So um, during the first seven years for campaign, I I played no. as the leader, the team leader for okay. Prussia. So. Oh, very good. That's my art. <laughs> um yeah so um yeah. and for any of our seven years war like tournament i pretty much run uh frederick's list um i don't know i like the prussian play style which is very tight and very Correct. aggressive very very <laughs> aggressive so um and you either win big or lose big so i love that yes <laughs> yes you do i i can see how uh frederick's uh I can see how Frederick's Prussian army would appeal to an engineer. All that, uh, all that <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we go, Cynthia, um, we just talked about uh, how normally we do um, uh, book recommendations from our guests, mm -hmm. but you said you might have a, a couple of video game uh, recommendations. Do you, so for people who are thinking, well, 
like some of our traditional our traditional listeners who may not have checked out video games for ages, what what might you point them towards? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, like unfortunately, I don't read as much as I probably should, but. Um, but I would say, so one big um, game developer that we all, like as in we as in our club members, um, almost all like is uh, Paradox. They do a lot of great historically accurate and very engaging uh, video games across many different periods. So Hearts of Iron 4 is one of them, but the one that I would recommend for people will actually be uh, Europa Universalis 4 <laughs> um, or EU 4 for short. Um, it's, uh, it's a little older, uh, but the good thing about it is that one, it goes on sale very often and can be bought very cheaply. And two, um, it runs on older computers or hey. yeah or even laptops like i was running that on my little touchscreen laptop for school for quite a few years so it's very nice. forgiving um and uh yeah so that's what i would recommend and oh. but they do a lot of other things one of my other favorite is like from the like roman like ancient periods like they have they have everything so um so yeah if you're maybe thinking of giving video games a try i would definitely look into paradox games they do a lot of good grand strategy games um and uh management simulations and things like that <laughs> all right well i will put a link to that in the show notes along with a link to your uh, twitch channel and a link to the the facebook page I'll oh that would be great yeah yeah and uh yeah we thank you so much for your time cynthia this has really been great um awesome We'll probably put the, it usually takes me three or four days to find the time to edit the, the audio and put it up, but it'll probably be up by the end of the month. So, awesome. yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I will definitely share it as well. So let me know when it's up. <laughs> All right, for sure. Okay. I'm going to, James and I are just going to finish up. So thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, yeah no nice problem. You, Thank you again for having me. And okay. yeah, very, very nice to meet you both. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. That was, that was quite eye-opening yeah yeah like, like she's younger than my daughters yeah I'm pretty sure like she looked at yeah she's younger than john i think but yeah. you know i i think the next time somebody wants to talk about um you know the graying of the hobby i'm just gonna hit them with a big stick oh oh definitely yeah it's just yeah. it just you know well and like i'm i'm you know looking at the game masters and the people pre-registering for hot lead coming up and you know like there's people that i remember them coming as kids right mm -hmm. you know and now they're running games yeah yeah you know, and we have all these young you know younger people you know coming out on their own because they they can get you know they now have cars they can get there on their own yeah. um yeah it's, it's just like you know but yeah the the, the hobby isn't graying no you know, it's just you know there, 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 there's youngsters playing and then yeah like people like cynthia you know she's playing right now and then when she gets intense in her career or marriage kids middle age yeah it'll probably drop off yeah and and then yeah the kids the kids go you know get a life in high late high school and then you go i have time for hobbies again yeah kids kids are going a lot of the house got the house myself yeah it's yeah, like you, you find your box of figures in the basement and go oh i remember this game it's a great land you start playing a game yeah it's like the military somebody releases but somebody else joins that same day right so in, yeah in 
all right, it's all it's a circle of life. So, did you um, have you? What's your uh, computer gaming uh, background? Have you spent a lot of time in the past playing computer games? No. No. <laughs> I've played a little bit. Uh, there was a um, what was it Total War Shogun? Yeah. Which I could never figure out how to get the campaign part going. Mm -hmm. It didn't seem to work on my computer. And all the battles, it just seemed to be you just find the enemy daimyo and you just point all of your units at him. And that's how you'd win the battle. So, you know, it's kind of a, eh, this is boring now. Um, And Tropico. I like playing Tropico. Yeah. Which is a little, you know, have you played Tropico? Do you know it? I have. You're breaking up. No, I don't know what it is. Oh, you're 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 yeah. running you're running like a little Caribbean island, Banana Republic, and okay, and you're like building you know you're building hotels and resorts and you're you're trying to exploit natural resources, but oh that might affect your tourism, you know, or you know maybe you need to build a fish cannery oh. to improve your fishing, um, you know, or you can you know you can build a cheap right. resort and get Russian tourists, you can build a bigger resort and get american tourists um you know you can tax the crap out of everybody and build all sorts of police stations and oppress them but then you'll have a revolution and you got to jump on a plane and that ends the game you know right and you're just trying to yeah. keep like trying to keep everybody happy while you while you line your pockets <laughs> yeah so it's kind of like a sim city sort of thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah, yeah. I, I was watching uh, Cynthia and her friends playing um, Hearts of Iron just before you and I got online tonight, and uh, it looks absolutely amazing. It, it's, you know, if, if the idea of trying to, um, you know, develop a, an army to face, you know, a, another World War II country uh, appeals to you, I mean, oh my goodness, it's, I think that you could go into that game and never come out again. Um mm. So well, it's really, like when you when you watch some of the like the YouTube, you know, I've been watching some YouTube stuff where people explaining about, you know, some of the Bovington um, tank museum videos where they talk about, you know, the decisions that went into, you know, this tank and, um, you know, and you go, oh, OK, that's why they did that. Mm -hmm. You know, which because. Which, you know, when you're a kid and you got the big book of tanks that you bought for 10 bucks at chapters, you know, and it's all just, it's all just statistics of armor and guns. And, you know, it's like, oh, you know, why didn't they all build big giant, you know, and it's like, okay, well now we know why. Right. Or the yeah. um, fascinating video I saw where a guy was comparing the industrial strategies of, of America, Russia, and, and Germany and focusing on tank production. You know, and how, you know, Russia could churn out 30 T-34s while Germany was only making one Tiger tank. And it was because of just different decisions made in their industrial organization. And, uh, you know, that was fascinating. Yeah, and you could, uh, you know, you could develop, I think, a deep appreciation for those kinds of options playing one of these games. I, I would just worry about it in terms of you know what it would do to my available time um yeah no, and, I, and that and that is why i've always shied away from from computer games it's oh i i there was i remember playing like a tactical game it was like hannibal 
Hannibal versus, you know, Punic Wars. Right. Um, and it was just a time suck. And I got into this game and then it was like, you know, I looked at my watch like, oh shit, I was supposed to start dinner an hour ago and <laughs> Elizabeth's going to be home soon. And right. Like mad. You yeah. know, so it was like, uh, you know, and I, I never played that game again. Yeah. So. It's not a self-preservation. Well, yeah. Yeah. Whereas, you know, like if I'm like, you know, I'm I'm playing a solo game of I ain't been shot, mom, or bag the hunt or something. I, I flip a card over, I do the card activation, and it's like, oh, geez, I got to go put the potatoes on, and I can stop and go put the potatoes on. Mm-hmm. You know, and if I don't come back for two days, it's like I I just flip the next card over and resume the game. You know, so. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I think I'm. It's the same for me. It's the same dilemma that we had when we were um, talking with. Um, uh, Joe Saunders, right about, you know, how much, how many pots of time, you know, how many pots do you have in, in terms of modeling or painting or gaming, and where do you put your available time? And I, I don't need an extra uh, pot to divide my time. Yeah, and then you know, of course, we have world events emptying our pots on us. Yeah, uh, yeah, knocking our pots off the table. Yeah. So, like cats. Yeah. No. I saw the other day, um, if the world was flat, then the cats would have knocked everything off it by now. So That's right. That's why the world's not flat. So um, I think we're going to wrap this up uh, a little bit early tonight because we had a really great chat with Cynthia for about an hour. And yeah. uh, I thought maybe we could just do a, a little five-minute um, uh, look ahead at, uh, at Hot Lead as well as just talk about stuff we're working on. So... Um, well, yes, Hot Lead is ticking along. Um, game pre-registration, we're trying something new to like to avoid the lineup for signing up for games. Um, we're just letting people sign up for everything online. Mm-hmm. It used to be you could sign up for one game ahead of time and then yet, you, you know, but now it's just like, nope, online, mail it in, just try and get rid of that lineup. And, you know, games are filling up. Um, I've got, oh God, what did I say, 58 games? Mm-hmm plus the ADLG tournament, plus uh, five role-playing games, um, plus we've got two different demo tables for two different game systems. Uh, the Ninth Age will have a demo table and then something called Conquest Games, which is some other fantasy miniatures thing. Right. Um, is, is Evan Switzer part of that uh, Ninth Age thing? I don't know if he's coming as part of a team, okay, or not. I assume he's coming as part of a team. But. Yeah, he got me quite cur- quite interested in that uh, project. So, yeah. Um, well, you can get the start. You can get the basic rules off free online. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and so it it's it's not not going to be as great as Hot Lead Twenty Twenty was supposed to be. <laughs> every like um hot lead 2020 before it got canceled we had every table saturday morning and saturday afternoon booked with games and that and we didn't and we weren't having a middle earth strategy battle tournament either like every every table was booked with an open participation game it was going to be great we were going to be off the charts and then covid ruined everything so you know it's I've had, you know, a couple of, a couple of my standard game masters have, you know, sent their apologies. They're not going to run anything. They're not going to come because they're, they're worried. 
you know, they have, they have people with risks at home and they don't want to bring a germ home. Sure. And I totally respect that. Cause there've been years where, you know, like the week after hot lead, everybody's kind of music. God, I'm sick. Mm-hmm. Well, who came with the flu and spread it, you know, sneezed it around the whole, the, 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 the hall. Right. So yeah. Yeah. I can totally get why people don't want to do that this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll probably be a little subdued. No, bring them by because, um, we did discuss it a couple of times as things opened up, but still the, the key members of the bring them by team don't want to do it. They don't want to be in the middle of that swirling crowd of germs. Um, so I, I respect that and we won't do it. So people are, I've just sort of said to people, Hey, go to the friends of hot lead Facebook group, do your deals online. And, you know, if you want to do the handoff and exchange of money at hot lead, that's fine. We'll have a jar for Ukraine red cross and you know, you put money in it, you know? Um, and I'm not going to question whether you're giving me 5%, 10%, Somebody's offered to put the whole thing in if they buy their thing. It's like, cool. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's hot lead. And, um, I haven't done any painting in a, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Your Napoleonic output hasn't, um, uh, hasn't been on Twitter. Yeah, I finished the Bavarians, yay. Yeah. And uh-huh. then I, I, I started on, you know, phase three of my big plan, which was um, some Russian Ulans and skirmishers. And well, you know, and then the news happened. Yeah. Um, and I've, it's been sort of sucking up my mental energy. I, I almost started painting uh, Monday night and then I didn't. Yeah, I was all, almost there. I said, I should sit down and, and just, you know, just put some more blue on Ulans and, you know, get back into it. And I, I, I was tired and I didn't. So maybe, yeah. maybe this weekend. Yeah. I, I've had the same, uh, the same thing, James. I found my thoughts are really distracted. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not all together there. I mean, I'm well, frantic doing yeah. news and, you know, I mean, ever since, uh, you know, Mr. Putin started talking about uh, nuclear war, that does tend to distract one, yeah. I, I heard this, that's what our parents must have lived through in the Cuban Missile Crisis. So, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, enjoying the hobby right now or who's feeling conflicted about wargaming in general, right? You know, maybe that maybe it's okay to take a step back right now. and uh, But I think it's also important to remember the things that give us joy and, and things that give us escape. And Yeah, and, and yeah. Like they I, are... They are you know, little, little leaden plastic soldiers. And most war gamers I know are actually very pacifist uh-huh. because they know how badly even the best plan can go. That's true. Yeah. You know, um, maybe Putin should have played some war games. Uh, yeah, I think and, so. And and then he would go, huh, you know, I, I, I could lose a whole armored division here. Maybe I just, maybe I just shouldn't, you know, but yeah, yeah 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 it's just been it's i don't know like I'm, I'm i guess because you know previous previous global tragedies in our lives weren't quite so immediate you know like, uh-huh. like i i have people from from kiev showing up in my twitter feed which i you know i mean i wasn't on twitter with when syria was blowing up 
Yeah. You know, um, so I didn't have that. Like, the, you know, the same, you know, the, the same scale of human tragedy in a beautiful ancient city. Uh-huh. And yeah, but it wasn't right on my phone every time I turn it on. Yeah. Whereas yeah. now, you know, now it is. I mean, one of a uh, couple of my cadets, uh, their dad is from from Ukraine. Mm. Like they have grandparents and uncles and aunts in Ukraine. And so, of course, they're freaking out. Yeah, you know, so I've got these two two kids that I've got to you know think about, and yeah, like it just it all is, yeah, you know mm-hmm. you you see pictures of these 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 beautiful young people getting married and then going off to join the join the uh, Ukraine uh, reserves and it's like God like what a honey like, you should be having a honeymoon on the Black Sea not in a trench yeah you know like. I'm sure everybody's thinking the same, you know, thinking the same things, but at least I hope they are. Um, yeah, yeah I, there was that one video of um, that one Ukrainian army chaplain marrying a young couple, and uh, um, I had the opportunity to meet a number of their chaplains when they would come to Borden to train with us uh, at the chaplain school before I retired. So I think of, I think of the guys I met, right? And um, yeah, I wonder what they're up to tonight. So. Well, yeah, they're probably well doing what chaplains are do. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It's... Well, God bless them, and uh, God bless the people they look after. So, I think uh, what I would suggest, James, is that you and I uh, will wrap up tonight. I will edit this and put this up. I would suggest uh, it would be fun for us to get together again to do a post, just like a post hot lead podcast. Yeah, sure. And we'll just talk about stuff we saw and, and how it worked. And uh, yeah, maybe get uh, get a couple of uh, get a couple of the hot lead friends of hot lead on the podcast. And then in April, we are going to talk to a guy called Sean Taylor, who's an ex Royal Canadian Navy uh, veteran. Hmm. He lives in Victoria, and he is part of the duo that does the Great War Spearhead Rolls. Uh, which is a very, very active Facebook group and a very, uh, uh, a small, but I, from what I gather, a widely loved uh, set of rules for the First World War. And Sean is one of those guys, I heard an interview with him on um, uh, another podcast where he, you know, he's of the opinion that uh, trench warfare is actually interesting and it's playable and it's um, a worthy subject for gaming. So I you know, look forward to that because I guess I, if you do it at I, a large I, enough level. I, th- I think he's onto something. I've been, I've been, yeah. I have well, occasionally been toying with Great War myself. It just, just, yeah. it, just in the, just in the, and it's not, it's not skirmishable. It's not like two fat lardies divisional brigade core level gaming. Mm. So it's done at a very small scale. Interesting. Well, I guess I'll look forward to talking to him then. Yeah, that'll be fun. All right. Well, thank you, my friend. Uh, I will, uh, yeah, the pretty internet night, so I'm gonna, I think we should cut it short. And uh, I will talk, to, I will see you at Hot Lead. We'll see all of our friends at Hot Lead, I hope, and all of our, some of our Canadian listeners. And yep. uh, we, all right. Okay. All right. So this is, this is uh, me saying goodnight. And me from Stratford. Good night. Hey. All right. Good night, everybody. Thanks. Oh, and. Uh, before we say goodbye, um, tell other people about this podcast. Uh, like us, subscribe to us, uh, spread the word. Say a kind word for us on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Or um, TikTok. 
and we'll be very happy. Yeah, on Twitch. <laughs> okay. <laughs>